What are your needs this morning? I thought, pondered for a, a little bit whether we would have a visiting speaker this morning, but since McGackie's with are with us, but uh, glad to seek to direct our thoughts heavenward. I invite you to open your Bibles to Psalm 96. Don't plan to have, have a long message, but I, I noticed uh, some time ago as I was looking at the messages listed on the uh, Pike recordings that the fact is that some of the longer messages bear my influence, so <laughs> need to acknowledge that. And uh, so I had purpose this morning to keep that in mind, and I see with our time it's uh, very much in, in focus. <clears throat> but as I pondered what to share in light of the recent weeks, I was impressed with just the simple fact that we need to gather together to worship, to Remember who God is, and uh, I'd like to begin by reading this psalm and uh, pursuing a few thoughts on worship this morning that perhaps will encourage us, uh, cultivate our thinking as to what our lives stand in need of. <clears throat> psalm 96, so sing unto the Lord a new song, sing unto the Lord all the earth, Sing unto the Lord, bless his name, show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Given to the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people, given to the Lord glory and strength. Given to the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, and let the sea roar in the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful, and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice before the Lord, for he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness, and the people with his truth. I would simply use part of verse 9 for a title for the message this morning, O Worship the Lord in the Beauty of Holiness. What does that mean to you and I this morning? Worship, we have talked about that from time to time, that, that devotion to God, to Christ, is that which in essence is the essence of worship. It's more than 
than just upholding a, um, a set of morals. But as we define that, as we think about it, let's ponder in our minds this morning what it is to worship the Lord and the beauty of holiness. How does it bear itself out? What is the benefit? What is the fruit produced from that effort, from that exercise of our faith? Sometimes we think of the need to pursue and and Christians in general, we see that quite often, that pursuit of good morals. But if you care to turn to Hebrews 11, I want to look at a few verses there this morning. The Christian walk, being able to worship in the beauty of holiness is more than just saying, yes, I've complied with a certain set of morals. But it is an attitude, a devotion, a spirit of adoration that infects our beings. And, and just as some terrible infection or illness such as COVID can overcome us, our bodies, such is the will of God that his spirit would so infect us that that which comes out of us is for his glory. Um, and sometimes in recently I was trying to become a little better informed on, on the aspect of immunology and, and so forth. And I don't want to go into any detail here. Um, but the, the areas where many times the pressures of life come to bear on us, but in the sense of an illness, it is when that that bacteria, that virus, passes from one area of our protective system into the internal, the interior of our body is when the battle really wages strong. And, and uh, spiritually, how does that equate? Are we giving evidence of that spirit of worship of pursuing, worshiping in the beauty of holiness. As I thought of this example in Hebrews 11, very familiar verses here, but again, I want to remind us of the mindset of some of those referred to here in this faith chapter. In the latter verses, uh, in verse 23 and following, it talks of Moses here. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and that they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Notice verse 26 in particular. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Some time ago here we did some uh, midweek studies on um, the impact of 
what makes us tick and what comes into our, what we allow into our end hopper, if you will, that we process and then we put things in the out hopper, um, the out bin. And the values we place on that which comes in affects what we produce. And here in Moses, uh, in reflecting on his situation, here we see that contrast which brings about the evidence of that devotion, that worship to God Almighty. And he gave, gave far greater value to the ridicule, the, the, the persecution, the uh, reproach of Christ as it's used here than um, all the riches of Egypt that he had to weigh the comparison of. And for you and I this morning, as we seek to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, what is behind our exercise, our function, What is going into the values that propel you, that propel me, that constrain you, that constrain me to do, to choose, to implement choices and values that demonstrate our devotion to God? Here, these, these elements of descriptive terms were used to describe those who were walking in faith. And we have no greater need today, dear ones, than to be people walking in faith, in sure pursuit of God and His glory for His praise. <clears throat> I think sometimes we need to remind ourselves that those things that command our time, our thoughts, our passions, our energies, are those things that are a part of what we worship. And sometimes probably we come, up, come to realize that there are aspects of what we have spent our time on, our energies, have allowed to come into our lives in a, in a passionate form, and we've acknowledged the fact that that really doesn't have a place in bringing God glory. May we be sensitive as we were reminded this morning that to that voice of our conscience to make those adjustments in seeking the face of God. That is what is a part of worshiping the Lord and the beauty of holiness. Heard it said of Robert Murray McCain that he said, I know no man on the earth that I know better than Jesus Christ. And I think oftentimes our, our lack of wisdom, our lack of strength is because that we are more familiar with the things around us than we are with the intimate knowledge of the person of Jesus Christ. And yet, 
you're like me, um, we've experienced what it means to be to feel that call, that yearning to to see that, to experience it. Turn to Psalm 27. David said, "There's one thing that I desired." One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, he shall set me upon a rock. I'll leave off reading there, but that the words of faith, of of trust in God and a desire to to experience the embrace of God. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. We sing that, don't we? May we sing it truly from the heart. And the reality is for us that faith that we are called to this this morning is so ordering our lives, taking those steps according to the unseen reality by which those who've gone before us walked in faith. Keeping in proper perspective the treasures of Egypt, so to speak. I'd like to look at a couple other scriptures here this morning. Um, I'll refer back to Isaiah's experience. And it seems like that in, we think oftentimes of Isaiah 6 when we think of Isaiah finding himself there in the presence of God. But it was before that that he had a lot of confidence in the king there. And the king excelled and prospered, Isaiah, and he came to a point of having confidence in his own flesh, if you will, and he sought to insert himself into the priestly duties. And he was smitten there with leprosy. And that in which Isaiah perhaps had a lot of confidence in turned into the cry of him calling out unclean. But turn to Isaiah 6 again. To most all of us here, it's a special passage. But to think of what Isaiah experienced there as he found himself in the presence of God, we think of the aspect of worshiping the Lord in the beauty of holiness. <clears throat> and I won't spend a lot of time on this whole descriptive picture here, but just a couple of comments. Beginning in verse 1, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord setting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. 
Above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Is it not oft times the challenge we face in worshiping the Lord and the beauty of holiness, not just on Sunday, but every hour, every day? The fact that we are, we become so consumed and involved in the the surrounding atmosphere that those things we see around us become large, become large in our mind, and they crowd out our concept of the greatness of God. The loftiness, the the power, and, and just one little thing I want you to notice in this description here this morning. Says on his train built the temple. That was just the bottom of his skirt. What a beautiful picture, but how often do we just see the train? Bears repeating again and again, our concept of who our God is will bear great impact on our perspective. It will over, it will develop us into who we are. It will be observed by those around us. And when we are overcome, maybe is a, a word I would use, by the glory of God. It helps us put in perspective life in a very real way. In a different way than sometimes we find ourselves perhaps nursing my own selfish hurts. But to realize that all that we do is to be to the glory of God. So, when that word God is uttered, when it's read, when it's pondered, it will only mean as much to you and I as our understanding of who he is. We have a service tonight titled Cultivating Love for the Lost. Your view of your creator will be that fire that burns to raise the temperature of our love for those that are lost.
this past week I called a business owner to share a concern regarding one of his employees. And uh, while we know each other, he, <laughs> I think he mis initially misread my intent and he was concerned that I was concerned about the external. Yes, there's a nose ring and there's tattoos. Escaping the sleeves, the neckline. But there was more to that concern because there was a person that very evidently doesn't know Jesus. You can portray all you want to with those rings and jingles and paintings, but that which was, is within the heart, it shows forth. And just to see that spirit of fear hiding, cowering, searching for fullness and fulfillment in life is touching. And yet you and I, when we seek to worship the Lord in this beauty of holiness, there are other things that can come into our walk that can limit our ability to worship Him, to bless Him, and to allow Him to bless us as we ought. So I invite you this morning to again remind you let us turn our eyes upon Jesus. We are called to hunger and thirst after righteousness. And that righteousness this morning is Christ. May it invoke our powers, our passions, our energies. That we can face in victory and enjoy the challenges of the days we live in. Shall we have a song? I would suggest perhaps uh, 33 is a suggestion.
may have heard a little child say done, but not quite. I do want to leave you with a few verses here from Revelation. <clears throat> kind of build on Isaiah's perspective, and I'll leave you with this. Revelation 1. There John found himself. I'll begin in verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What, seest, what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos and unto Thyatira and unto Sardis and unto Philadelphia and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto the brass, like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice is the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death of death. Write these things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which are shall be hereafter. May we grow in our vision of our mighty God, and our confidence in Him. Let's stand for prayer. Heavenly Father, as we are reminded that our ability to understand is revealed time and time again as we absorb and contemplate the pictures of history before that you have revealed to us, the pictures of that which is to come. May we rest in, in your grace and strength to walk firm steps following the path of our Savior this day, these days, these times, that your name would be lifted up and your people glorified by your mercy, by your love. And as we serve you, reflect your goodness. May your kingdom so continue to come upon earth until you return. Guide us, for we ask it all in the precious name of Christ our Savior. Amen.